2: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
3: Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus, starting at $3 a month. because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter, at GatorDave underscore SEC. Here we are, Thursday morning. As I said, sometimes, when I put this many episodes out uh, in a week or whatever, it, uh, you never know when I'll be able to. I got to do it. You know, I, w- I still got to spend time with my family, especially right before football season starts, you know, try to try to get in all that family time before I can. So uh, sometimes it's just going to be up in the air. We'll always have that Monday night, Tuesday night episode. You know, when the season starts, we're pretty much in our formula. Sunday after the game, Monday night, and Wednesday Thursday slashes, you know, for uh an opponent preview. But as we lead up to the season and I start doing more episodes, I just squeeze them in when I can, when I get a free second, uh when you right before I start my job or uh you know, maybe even late at night sometimes, but uh gotta get in all the family time I can right now before the uh, before the season starts. So coming at you on a Thursday morning live on YouTube. Get that uh, episode out later. Uh, if you watched the replay version on YouTube or the podcast version uh, there, you'll have you'll be able to have it uh, many, many, many ways. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching there on YouTube. Share it, rate it, review it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. That really helps us out here on Gators Breakdown. So, on Wednesday, we get to hear from Greg Knox the first time this fall. Camp Malik Davis and Traves Johnson all spoke to the media Uh, Of course, running back, heavy, heavy topic uh, anyway, but now it's running back heavy because of who we got to speak to with Greg Knox and Malik Davis, so a lot to get into there. Of course, we know this group effort, group effort there at the running back position, so we get into all that here with Greg Knox and Malik Davis uh, talking about the running back position, so we'll start with Greg Knox. Now, what what does it take to get on the field for Dan Mullen, Greg, Greg Knox running back. And what does that mean in regards to Lorenzo Lingard and DeMarcus Bowman?
2: I, I tell them when they first get here, it takes two things to play here. Number one, you got to protect the ball. Number two, you got to protect the quarterback. If you can't do those two things, you can't play. I can't justify putting you in the game. So I think everyone in that room, they understand that. I think it's understanding how to read a defense how to gather the information that the defense is giving you and then be able to process it. Right? And I think that's one of the biggest keys with, with our guys. I think that's why Lorenzo is playing much faster now than he played last year because he's more comfortable in offense. He can process information and he can use it to his advantage and execute at a high level. So I, I see that in all my veteran guys, whether it be Pierce, Davis, Naquan Wright, Lingard, you know, those guys that have been in the program – for years, they play relaxed and they execute at a high level because they don't think, they just react. He, he is very explosive. He is a very, very good running back, okay? Now we just got to get him to understand the offense, learn the offense, and develop as a young player. He's still a young player. He's still a freshman, you know, and so he's learning a totally new offense. And like I said earlier, all right, pass protection is one of the biggest things that he has to grasp and take hold of as a young player. And so for that, that for him, you know, it's tough right now, but he's learning a lot.
3: That last bite there was about DeMarcus Bowman, of course, you know, being the freshman in this rotation. A lot to get to there. Look, we heard from Dan Mullen earlier in the week about the importance of being able to put a running back out there and not be a liability in pass protection. And Knox says, look, there's two things you can't do, or there's two things you have to do to play running back at Florida. You have to protect the ball, you have to protect the quarterback. So, of course, you know, that begs the question, you know, or not really, the, it could beg the question, but also gives us an answer maybe why to, Lorenzo Lingard didn't see a whole lot of time on the field last year and maybe why DeMarcus Bowman will be behind the veterans and Lorenzo Lingard uh, as well, the veterans in the group here. So, you' gonna hear me sniffling a little bit. Allergies are kicking my butt right now, but I'm coming coming at you in an episode anyway. So uh, you just have to disregard the, all, all the sniffles. So you know, you know what does that mean, though? You know, you know I, I think that definitely means your your veterans in this group are going to, to me, get a majority of the carries. Uh, your Pierce, your Davis, your Wright, your Lingard, and you know, Bowman will be behind those guys and trying to get some carries. That lets us know why we didn't see a whole lot of Lorenzo Lingar last year. He had a lot to, to to learn and not have a liability out there. You can't get your quarterback hit because the running back doesn't know what to do. No matter what they bring to the table, um as far as you know being able to hit big plays or be being able just to run the ball, that's not going to be enough here in the Greg Knox, Dan Mullen offense and their running backs. So you know, to, to me, how do you play that? I, I think, you know, for somebody like Marcus Bowman, I know everybody wants to see him. I want to see him. You go back to the springtime, there, you know, he, he's, if he lives up to the recruiting profile, he will be the most explosive running back Dan Mullen has ever had and the best running back Dan Mullen has ever had. But he's got to live up to that. And for a Dan Mullen offense, it looks like it's going to take a while for a true freshman to live up to being a, being a back that could be on the field a lot. So I, what I think this means for Florida and DeMarcus Bowman, maybe you take advantage early in the season before defenses catch on if DeMarcus Bowman is having problems, you know, catching up in pass protection, catching up and learning what to, uh, to, to, to run on offense and, and being able to to run the right plays, know the right plays, know where you need to be in certain situations instead of just getting the ball and running the ball. You know, so what to me that means early in the season, you might can take advantage of that before teams catch on. What Demarcus Bowman means for a Florida offense because look, it can't be predictable. And then he goes out there and says, Okay, well, we know he can't really pass protect, so when he comes out there, Florida's gonna be running the ball. You can't be that predictable, even with a player like him. You know, we don't, I mean, yeah, you can be special in some ways, and, and even if a defense knows what's coming, still have problems stopping it. But, you know, if uh, you know, Florida has to call a pass play and he's out there and a defense knows they can take advantage of him, then it's going to happen, especially later on in the season. So I think early on in the season, you know, you get him some reps versus FAU and USF, but then you, you, if he doesn't have the – look, I don't expect him to have the full offense down, but if he doesn't have a, a, a grasp on a lot of the offense, there's still, to me, has to be a package. Look, I'm not saying I know more than the coaches, and uh, of course I don't. Uh, I don't. But what I would like to see, I guess, is a a package for Bowman early on in the season before teams have time to catch up and know his tendencies and know what he's good at and what he's bad at. You know, that third game versus Alabama, maybe there's a package for Bowman. And, you know, you you get his explosiveness on the field, and maybe it, it equates to a big play. It equates to a touchdown that you may need in a very close game. You know, there, maybe there's a package there for him before teams catch on, and he knows what to do in those package of plays. that look, hey, we, we'll work on this group of plays. You'll be on the field. Hopefully, we get a big play out of it. Hopefully, you know everything is moving. We we, we know your we know your capability. We know your explosion capability. We need that in a game like this. So here's a package of plays. We're going to get you a package of plays, and you you're going to have to know what to do on these. You know these ten plays that we're gonna have you set up for a drive and you know hopefully it's a two, three play drive because Demarcus Bowman hits a seventy five yard run. <laughs> you know, hopefully hopefully that's the capability of somebody like a Demarcus Bowman if he's not fully caught up in the offense there. So but eventually you know, that will catch up to Florida if, if there's only a certain set of plays that he can run. As the season wears on, he's going to have to expand his playbook. Florida's going to have to expand his playbook so defenses can't catch on. But early on in the season, I think you can take advantage of that before tendencies start to catch up with you. So, you know, you may see DeMarcus Bowman flash early. Two reasons, because – you're playing some overmatched opponents. so That gets him on the field a little earlier, I think, in those first couple games. You to see a whole lot of DeMarcus Bowman. If he's behind those other guys in the third quarter, in the fourth quarters of those games, salting those games away. But then Alabama comes to town, <clears throat> you know, a package of plays that Alabama doesn't know what's coming because you know, you're probably not going to show a whole lot of it those first couple games. They don't know what's coming with DeMarcus Bowman, and you can take advantage of it in that way. Because, you know, he's a talent that needs to be on the field in big games. He's recruited just like those Alabama players are. You know, he's a highly rated running back, highly rated player overall. You need your elites on the field, but your elites on the field have to know what to do, even, even as young players. So that's what I look for with DeMarcus Bowman maybe early on in the season before some things, uh, you know, catch up with him if he's not uh, fully grasping the playbook there. Deer Knox did say, you know, he's taking notes, he's learning, uh, but, you know, from asking around, he is behind. He is behind, of course. He, he missed spring a little bit as well. I think Knox said he played they, – they had him in five practices in the spring before he went down with an injury. So he's behind in that regard. And, you know, you can, you can study all you want the notebook of uh, the playbook of course, but until you're out there on the field and able to apply it, things are weird. Things are different. And you're just going to take reps and time, uh, practice reps and time, uh, to get out there, uh, on the field. And that's something we saw with Lingard last year. Of course, I think we will mentioned it. Uh, will miles mentioned it in the last episode of Gators breakdown. You could tell there was a different speed, a different gear with, with Laringo with Lorenzo Lingard. But if he can't out there, if he's not out there, doesn't know the offense, can't protect the quarterback. Then, you know, it's a liability, uh, out there. So that's what it takes to get on the field. Don't turn the ball over, protect the quarterback. That's what these uh, coaches are looking for uh, from this running back position. So here we go. Continuing with Greg Knox and the group effort for the running backs and understanding what it takes to play in the offense and helping the offensive line along the way. We got several
2: guys to go to. So it's not really a one man show, not a one man feature. It's uh, the versatility of our group and how we use them in our offense. We as running backs are understanding how to deliver, all right, the second level player, the linebackers to the line. You know, not the line having to chase those guys, but as backs we deliver the second level players to our linemen and then we allow our linemen to block them. So basically what we're doing is we're sitting up the blocks and creating big plays. And we got to continue to do a great job of that. It's patience, all right, it's patience also, but it's knowledge and understanding of the blocking scheme. So as a running back, you have to understand the blocking scheme. Is it a zone scheme? Is it a gap scheme? You know, what's the blocking scheme, and how can I use the blocking scheme to my advantage?
3: There you go. So That's some more about playing running back, the running back position, helping your offensive line, using some patience, setting up your blocks. Help that offensive line. you got to help that offensive line a bit. And, look, that's a big change uh, from the last couple years where quarterback was dropping back 40 times a game and passing the ball. Now, hope you know, now there's the change where you might be running the ball 35, 40 times a game and you're going to have to be in sync with your offensive line. Uh, and that, that's going to be a big part of this offense uh, with here. And look, he mentioned the versatility of this group and how deep they are. And that that's something with this with this offense is you're going to be able to pound the way at defenses because you are so deep uh, at running back. You can keep guys fresh. You can pound the ball over and over and over again, and those defenses are going to get tired. But since you can go four or five deeper running back, they're going to get tired of tackling fresh guys. And you know, so I, I know a lot of people want to see a bell cow. I think at times you can see a bell cow. Now, if a guy goes out there and has a great week of practice and he's out there on the first couple of drives of the game and you can just see he's going six, seven, eight yards to pop, then you might ride with him. You might ride with whoever's doing that. Uh, you know, can Damian Pierce be that? You know he's probably going to be starting most of the games out there. Can he bruise bruise some defenses early, uh, and, and then have some other guys come in? You bring him back in the fourth quarter fresh, and he's still pounding and bruising away defenses. That that's the capability of the Florida offense. And if you want to go and have 35, 40 carries a game between between these guys, then you you have the opportunity to do that. You're not going to be splitting those carries. Very rarely does a running back going to add go out there and average 20, 25 carries a game. It, the game has changed uh, a bit, mostly because of all the passing. But uh, a lot of coaches, the, you know, they don't rely on just run, one running back, uh, like the old style of football. It, it's changing now. They want a group of players. Dan Mullen has pretty much always wanted a group of players and, and rotating the ball. You know, Scarlet and Piran in 2018, uh, 2019, 2020, you uh, didn't really – Run the ball all that much, so the numbers weren't there uh, either. And now you're going to have quarterbacks this year. You're going to have quarterbacks taking carries as well. So the days of a running back twenty twenty five carries, especially now in a down-walling offense with a with, a, with a with with the shift in the quarterback running, two quarterbacks more than likely at, at some points in the game. You know you're not going to split those carries among the running backs either. So I mean, there's a, there's a chance for a whole lot of carries in ball games, wearing some defenses out. These games could be closer than we want them to be, only because of the style of offense Florida plays. You know, if you if you slow the game down a little bit with the running game, then, you know, you're not going to be scoring at a you know, two-minute drive clip more more often. You're going to see a lot more four- or five-minute drives, maybe even longer at times. And, look, we saw that with the Florida passing attack a lot, too. <laughs> you know, it was – you know, there weren't always quick strikes. You know, you saw uh, you know, converting third down after third down, extending drives. There, you might see that with the Florida run game too, with the group effort that they have, uh, and, and and this offensive line, and w- you know what Greg Knox said about being able to take your offensive line to the second level and help block those linebackers. Maybe, that hopefully, that's what translates to bigger plays from this running back position. Because you, a lot of the time, and you go back and, and, and track it, and we've done it here on this offseason, the of Gators breakdown. It's the big plays that have been lacking in the run game from this Florida this flawed a run game in the last couple of years. So maybe it's more about, you know, th- there were chances we saw some big plays happening and maybe the running backs were at fault, not necessarily the offensive line. You know, show a little bit of patience, take your lineman to the second level of the defense, get that linebacker block, and then maybe you can spring the big play instead of, all right, well, I can get past the first level pretty easy, but there's a linebacker waiting on me because the offensive line, and look, and some of that's on the offensive line too. You know, you've got to block that first level, get to the second level, or if you're pulling, get to that second level. Uh, but, you know, that's so on the running backs too to, to express that patience, wait on that offensive lineman to get to the second level, get that linebacker blocked, and you're springing a bigger play. So you see the, the, the running backs and the offensive line having to be in sync that's what's going to help some of these big plays that's been lacking in the Florida run game the last couple of years. All right, so one player that was highlighted when we uh, spoke to Greg Knox is Malik Davis. And Malik Davis also uh, gave us his thoughts, but uh, Malik Davis, here's Knox and Davis on Malik Davis and uh, where he's heading at into this season. I think his
2: biggest, his biggest jump he's made has been mentally because he's come back mentally stronger from that injury. And you can see with the mental jump, he's also been a confidence factor. So he's been very, very confident in his ability again. I think it's kind of what you've seen his freshman year uh, when he was here and he played and he was very explosive. I think he's getting back to that. And I I think he's back there now. He's having a great camp so far. You know, he's doing well and we're seeing that explosiveness that he showed when he was a freshman. In your offense, you can scheme up things for him. You know, as we did with Piran to get one-on-one matchups with backers, where again it makes a, a difficult matchup for the defense. He is really dynamic through the hole, and he's hitting it with speed. And you can see the confidence factor that he has right now when he's hitting holes. So, not only just his versatility, but his ability to run powerful, break tackles, or make you miss. Just being more knowledgeable of the game. You know, I had a
0: I had a few injuries, which I wasn't allowed to play a lot of football and now that I'm like I've, I've had a few years under my belt back rolling I think it's just uh, just being more confident getting those reps in that I missed the main thing is just uh, getting reps in and knowing being able to watch yourself and coach yourself you know when, you, when you're sitting out and you're injured you're not able to critique yourself and say what you would have did here what do you what you have done what you have done there because you you don't have any reps to look at so I think being able to just look at myself and coach myself is the biggest thing.
3: I think we all want to see Malik Davis in that 2017 freshman form uh, where he, I think he he missed a good bit of games. He got hurt in Vanderbilt versus Vanderbilt uh, later on in the season. And he still made freshman all SEC, I believe, if if I remember right. So that's the type of, you know like that was a downtrodden florida offense and he was probably one of the lone bright spots there uh, in that florida offense in 2017 uh got injured got injured again uh, and uh, and we just really haven't been able to uh you know see a full malik davis according to these coaches because of the injury and him catching up from missing so much time played a lot last year i know we all um I'll remember the the fumble at Texas A&M that uh, allowed Texas A&M to score late uh, and, and beat Florida, and he's had some turnover problems. Uh, but I, I still like Malik Davis, what he brings to the table. And I had mentioned, you know, what this switch in offensive philosophy for this season with the running quarterbacks and, and all the running backs and more focused on the run game and what that meant for Damian Pierce. But I think it also means a whole lot for, for, for Malik Davis, what he brings to the table uh, as well as a running back and a pass catcher. Uh, he's somebody I still think who's he's very explosive, uh, and you saw and you heard Knox say like he can be physical as well, uh, but he's one of the most versatile pieces Florida has in that offensive backfield. And there's a, you know, there's a whole lot of ways you can go with this Florida run game and this Florida offense and you know, two back sets and. Uh, confusing defenses with, you know, zone reads and fake handoffs and uh, all that stuff that comes with a, a zone read, run power, power run offense that Dan Mullen likes to run. You know, we're, th- we're going to see that. And I think I think Elite Davis is going to be a huge part of that. And, like, I know we're all excited for, for, for Lorenzo Lingard and Bowman. I am too, but I still think there's a lot. That somebody like an Elite Davis can bring to the table. If we get that 2017 freshman form, he is that explosive, and he can hit those big plays uh, through the passing game or the running game. I think he's going to be on the field uh, a good bit uh, for, for you know from basically the, the way the coaches think of him and uh, you know, just kind of everything that he brings to the table as a versatile playmaker in this Florida in this Florida run game. I mean, I, look, it's hard to know how much. I I think it affected the run the, the running game, uh, and the offensive line, all the, the running backs, everything that encompasses the run game, the way the offense was played the last couple of years, and the past heavy offense, and how that affected players like Pierce and Davis and and Wright, who were playing in a in and look, and no fault of them and no fault of the coaching staff. You you needed to rely on that passing game. That was your offense. That was your explosive part of your offense. And it was hard to stop Pitts and Tony. But now, with this shift, I think it helps these guys. I think it helps uh, these running backs. so all the all the potential I think we thought these guys could bring to the table the last couple of years, this is the perfect offense coming up to show that potential. So I think we get our right reads on Pierce, on Davis and Wright and these freshman backs because of the shift in offense. uh the relationship uh of course, Florida goes five deep. you know it's kind of just been the 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 theme here of this episode so far, you know, just to rely on one guys. But, you know, what's it like on and off the field from um, Malik Davis's
0: perspective? I expect big things. I expect us to be able to run the ball, catch the ball, protect the quarterback. I think all of us could do all of that all around. So, I think we're, we we could bring in a lot to the table. We're a family, like, and I'm not just saying this for camera. Like, when you come in there and you, you hang around us, you'll see we, we're laughing together all day. We're joking together all day we're motivating each other we just we're, like we're all close so it's easy i guess god just blessed me to be around those type of guys like you know he come in and you know guys have their own expectations of course you know and everybody wants to play that's just the uh the competitiveness that that we have everyone wants to play and for him to sit back and uh play his role that he had and support us and every day he's the same type of guy like He's, even even today like we we talked we spoke today after practice about things that he liked that I did today, and he was pointing some of those things out to me, and that just shows you what type of person he is
3: and that last part last part there was about lorendo Lingard, uh so you know good to hear that look you know five star recruit transferred in from Miami and how supportive he is, you know this running back room is deep, and these guys are are gonna you know they can't be selfish um they start showing selfish, selfishness. Then they're probably not going to play uh, a whole lot, and that's not. And I'm not saying that's why he didn't play last year. Uh, Lingard. Now, I like he learned. He needed to learn around, uh, learn along the way. And Florida had three backs that you know they really like to count on. So you know, it just took some time for Lingard. But uh, nice to know that these guys are are, are close. Uh, Greg Knox had said it too of how close these guys are in this running back room. And they're going to have to be, and they're going to have to be teammates. That Damien Pierce even. Uh, Going back to, I think the first press conference of the uh, of fall, talk about how how tight all these guys are at the running back position, and it's like a family there. It's going to have to be. <laughs> you know, there's uh of course, as he mentioned, you know these guys want to play. They're all going to want to play. And if Florida runs the ball a whole lot, there might be a way to keep them all, you know, happy with numbers of carries. But hopefully, they're all out there happy for each other, going to be teammates. Lorenzo, uh, I mean, after this year, you know, a lot of these guys are going to have their chance. You know, Pierce is going to be gone. Davis is going to be gone. Wright has a really good season. He could be gone. Laringar, uh, Lingard, if he has a big season, he can be gone. So, you know, you, you never know how this is all going to play out here at the running back position for, 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 for the Gators. So, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, we have to look past this year uh, a little bit as well. Uh, in, in assessing, you know, what these running backs uh, can, can can be uh, on the team for. Uh, so, you know, this year can go a long way in determining the future of, who, of who's on the roster for next year. Uh, we, we have no idea. Uh, we know two are for sure going to be going, Davis and Pierce. Uh, but, you know, Lingard, you know, he's – had enough years removed from high school, he can leave whenever he wants to after this year, uh, of course. So if he goes there and shows out, you know, 40 could be losing three of those guys, maybe even four of those guys if they decide to go ahead and, and, and leave to go to the NFL. So the production has to be there, of course, or maybe transfer away if they don't see it happening. I don't see any of these guys transferring before the season. It's way too late right now uh to 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 do anything and try and go into another team in another fall camp so who florida has right now these five deep will be five deep all year but it will be interesting to see how it all plays out during the season numbers of carries uh, numbers of yards and see you know what the status of the the running back room is after the season uh but i don't think there's going to be a whole lot of divinness divinness if that's even a word a whole lot of diva thoughts there from, from the running back position and these running backs. It seems like they're all coming together at the right time. And look, you know, Davis said, look, it, it, he's not trying to say it just because he's on camera. Those guys really are uh, a deep group, um, like to be together on and off the field and, and at least saying all the right things uh, about being out there and, and playing together and splitting all those carries. All right, Luke Davis now on what it's like to play uh, this offense uh, with Emory Jones, you know, different from uh, Kyle Trask.
0: With Emory, I think one of the most impressive things I see is the way his ability to extend plays. You know, last year we had Cal and he was more as a pocket quarterback and Emory, like you said, he could run a little more. So when, that that's impressive. Like just seeing him able to escape the pocket and just create create a big play. I definitely think he'll create larger holes, bigger passes, just because he's he's such a threat, you know, when you got a mobile quarterback it it opens up doors for a lot of opportunities for other guys on the field.
3: I like hearing that too, you know, because of course the unpredictability of a quarterback like that, it is. I mean, the defensive line can't rush. They can't pin their ears back when you have the mobility of a quarterback back there like Henry Jones or Anthony Richardson. Yeah, of course, I think we kind of keep bringing his name up too uh, when, when talking about this because he's going to play, uh, I think, a lot as well. You know, so it means – opening holes uh, for the running backs if uh, the defensive linemen just can't key on the running, you know, when Florida was running the ball last year, you knew more than likely Kyle Trask was going to hand it off to a running back if they were running the ball. So if it's a, a zone read or, you know, a, a, a handoff, yeah. A lot of the times you weren't, you weren't really worried about Kyle Trask taking off with it. Or if you were, you take that risk. You play the running back. Kyle Trask isn't going to go run for 75 yards uh, in, in a run. So you, you key in on the running back, make sure you got him stopped if he gets the ball, and if if Kyle Trask keeps it, okay, oh, well, you can live with that. Defenses are not going to be able to play it that way this year. You're going to have to worry about Emory Jones keeping it and then going for a long run. So it's going to slow these defenses down. It's going to slow these defensive fronts down of not knowing what's coming in this running game. So that can lead to bigger plays. And RPO, I mean, if it's a fake handoff and then there's a wide receiver wide open because they're worried about a running quarterback, there you go. I mean, there's a lot of ways to go with this offense. So, you know, it's going to be imperative that Emory's, Emory Jones gets the, gets the offense down. It's going to be imperative that the running backs can help protect him when passing plays are called or know what to do in a zone read, who to block if you don't get the ball, um, how, to, how to carry out a play fake. I mean, it's just little things like that that are going to go in in, in pairing the, the, this running game and this and this quarterback game and t- together with, with Emory Jones. So there's a lot of ways to go with this offense. And I mean, Lake Davis letting you know what a mobile quarterback can do with this uh, Florida offense and opening up lanes in the run game and having some wide receivers wide open down the field when defenses have to worry about a quarterback like that. All right, let's move to the defensive side of the ball before we sign off here on Gators Breakdown and Trevez Johnson, local 904 Jacksonville kid. And, he, hey, he's been on Gators Breakdown uh, before, too. So, uh, always good to hear from Trevez, uh, local Jacksonville kid, Barkham Trail. Uh, and, look, we know the importance of the star position in this defense, and Trevez Johnson gives his thoughts on that.
1: That's kind of like a hybrid position, so you got you to gotta, uh, be able to do a lot of things. So, I'm just trying to improve my game, rather it be covering, rather it be being in the box, tackling, fitting up, being physical, and uh just watching how like you said, Chauncey and other guys that in the in the in the league and that's doing it at a high level, I just try to take a little bit from their game too, I'm just trying to improve physically and mentally like uh especially the mental part of the game, I think that's something I had to uh make a transition to from last year is. It's not just about going out there and playing. You got to know football. You got to know what tendencies and all stuff like that. So I'm just trying to like improve my game mentally as well as physically.
3: A lot of shoes to fill in that star position that haven't been filled since Johnson Gardner Johnson played that position in 2018. And here's, here's one thing I think is encouraging about that position. I don't think it takes a lot of experience. You go back to 2017 and Chauncey Garner johnson and look, not to single him out, the whole team played bad in 2017, but Chauncey Garner johnson did not have a good 2017, looked like he was afraid to tackle, could not tackle, giving up big plays, Todd Grantham comes in, puts him in that star role in 2018, and he fits in immediately and is making plays all year long, gets better in that position all year long. So it may take some playing experience, but it ne- doesn't necessarily take experience in that exact role for somebody to come up and have success in that position. So Travis Johnson plays in that role a little bit last year, has some experience now, and he can translate that. Look, and, and it was tough for a true freshman. Like him. he didn't – nobody went through spring, but he didn't come on campus till fall, and then they throw him in there. And I know the staff liked what he could do in the red zone, and that's when we saw him a lot. They liked what he could do from in, in that position in the red zone – Um, But now it's expanding the role and it's expanding the play. And, I mean, of course, we're all keying in on the defensive backfield but and that star position and how important it is uh, for this defense. And um, we've seen bad play there. It's been cycled through since Chauncey Gardner-Johnson left. It it got okay at the end of the 2019 season when Marco Wilson played that position. He played it pretty well at the end of 2019 and, you know, it fell off in 2020, but he played that position okay, and taking over for Trey Dean, who struggled in that position in 2019. So now Travez Johnson and a few other players are are battling out in, in that position. But I, th- I expect Trevez, you know, whether he's starting or not, to play in that position a whole lot. And I think you know, take that experience from last year, be able to apply it, and be physical. Be if you got to be physical, you got to be a hybrid, like he says. You got to be be able to go out there, play the pass, play the run, and know know the tendencies of an offense to to play that position aggressively and and physically. So I think, uh, you know, getting back to what you, what he learned last year uh, is going to be really important for him to take those steps and play in playing that star position this year. But what can help him? What can help him out there? That's the other players, of course, and leadership on the defensive side of the ball. There's a lot of leaders out there, a lot of vets out there.
1: So, I mean, we, every day we try to push each other. Uh, like I said, just trying to improve every day. Um, but I think, I think, as a whole, we we definitely are trying to progress more because we have a lot of a lot more leadership, uh, a lot of guys that want to be out like that want to want to lead, want to improve every day. So we we got vets: Zach Carter, Kyrie, uh Trading, Miller. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of vets out there, so it's, it's it's it doesn't it's not hard or like to want to follow them because they've been through it, they've been doing it, they've been here. So, I mean, it, I wouldn't say
3: one specific guy because everybody's trying to do it. Everybody's trying to rally up. Everybody's trying to rally up. And that's, look, it, that's what needs to be on defense. Communication was a huge issue last year. Leadership was a huge ash, issue last year. All that's got to come together. And Kyrie Elam, Zach Carter, Trey Dean, Ventra Miller, those are the guys you're counting on. Those are the guys you're counting on to bring these young guys along because, look, there are a lot of new faces, especially back there in that secondary. So Kyrie Elam. Trading are they're instrumental back there on that defensive backfield especially Jaden Hill goes down he started five games last year so now that's even you know even more experience that goes by the wayside and now you got to bring up a whole lot, a lot of other players who don't have starting experience so it is imperative that Kyrie Elam and trading help lead these guys like Travis Johnson uh, along the way and especially in that star role that's so so important you know trading may not have success there but he can help and what he learned from the position and maybe help apply it to another player who can go out there and just play it better. But there is a lot of experience that trading can share from that. Uh, and, you know, maybe, maybe even not what the, even what not to do uh, in that position. So uh, you know, there's the leadership comes from that, but that the leadership to me comes from experience. Sometimes you just have the, the rare guy that can go out there with very little experience and lead. Most of the time leadership comes from uh, experience and that's what trading that's what Kyrie Elam, that's what Zach Carter, that's what Ventro Miller bring to the table. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, that leadership, that communication uh, furthers this defense into, into a bounce back, into a turnaround because you've mentioned it a whole lot last year. I think they lost their confidence a good bit last year. Guys were playing out of position last year. They didn't feel comfortable. I think in not feeling comfortable, it, the the leadership fell by the wayside. You know, Kyrie Elam, he, he played about as well as he could last year, but, you know, hard to – Hard to rally, I think, when all the rest of the defensive backfield kind of just lost their confidence. And then up front, you know, Zach Carter's not playing in the position that's really best for him a whole lot. Don't get me wrong. you got to do what's best for the team. That's what was best for the team. But not feeling comfortable uh, there. I think he got more comfortable. Played really good toward the end of the season. Had a really good SEC championship game versus Alabama. Maybe that's something to build on. Maybe that's something to build on up front for a leadership role uh, from from Zach Carter up front. But, uh, yeah. Playing, play, playing in more natural positions and being, me, being more comfortable, I think, leads to leadership out there. Because you're not, you're not frustrated. You're not frustrated that uh, you're not making the plays that you're not, you know, want to make because you're playing out of position. Now you're playing in a position. You feel more comfortable. And I do think, you know, that can help the, the mentality, the mental side of this defense and let these leaders emerge um, uh, up there. And I think that defensive front plays better. That trickles down to the linebackers. And Miller will, will will feel a lot more comfortable because he's not getting eaten up by offenses, offensive lines over and over again. So I think, you know, uh, play does great play does go, go, go will go far in the leadership uh, aspect as well. I think as long as these guys feel comfortable, as long as these guys are, are, are out there making plays, then it just kind of, it's a snowball state. It just kind of builds upon itself and you can, you you can, let that build, build towards leadership. But uh, look, they're going to be tough times. They're going to be tough times. There's going to be bumpy roads. And if it's early on, that's these, these leaders are going to have to you know, put their foot down and not let it spiral out of control. Like it did last year. You're going to have to put your foot down eventually and say, Nope, Nope, it, it can't happen. It can't happen. Like it did last year. We've got to come together, bring it all, bring, bring it all back together. If that comes along early, that Alabama games early on in the season, you know, you got to go out there. Play confident. Play play confident. the first couple of games, of course, too. I think you uh, can get a little bit of confidence there. But everybody's gonna be keying in on Alabama week three. And even that game doesn't go right, the leadership still has to be there. Not let that game affect the rest of the season. Uh, but you know, go out there, play well, do your best. As long as that happens, I think you know, this leader, these leader, these leaders, this leadership roles uh, that they're filling, it'll be okay. It, it, it'll be okay. But I do think I like the makeup of this team, especially up front. I think it starts there. I like the leadership up front. There's two transfers, Zach Carter, Brenton Cox. There's a whole lot of experience there uh, up front for those Gators. It starts there on the defense. I think that it bleeds over into everybody else in those leadership roles as well. So, all right, there we go. That'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Thanks for uh, hopping on and joining in a uh, uh, good bit of you there in the morning even with surprise episode there so thank you very much if you're on that live um that live view from youtube hey leave me some comments uh out there if you want to extend the conversation a little bit leave some comments there on uh in the um comment section here on youtube so all right that will do it i'm your host of gators breakdown david waters you can find me on twitter at gator Dave underscore sbc guys and girls out there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Gator's Breakdown.